0: Welcome to Yes You, a podcast for women to imagine, explore, and step right on into a new paradigm of life and leadership. I'm Annie Carter, a conscious business owner, yoga practitioner, and a big believer that this world needs all women to show up just as we are. This world needs you. Yes, you. Are you in? Let's do this. Hey, welcome. Great to have you here. How are you going? Today, we are up to our third of our four-episode series on the different phases of the menstrual cycle. So we have already looked at the follicular phase, or what I call firing up phase. We have talked about the ovulation phase, which I call time to shine. And today, we are going to be looking at the luteal phase, which I call turning in. I hope that you have listened to the previous two episodes and that you're already curious about what this all looks like in your life, starting to pay a little bit more attention and would love to hear how you're finding it. So please do feel free to get in touch with me on Instagram. You can find me at underscore Annie Carter, or you can go to my website, annicarter.com.au. Love to hear how you're going with it all and any questions that you might have, because I can always follow up and address some questions in a future episode. And actually, if you do go to my website, you'll see under the tab gifts, there is a free gift from me to you, which is a free downloadable calendar for November and December of this year. And it is basically designed to help you to sync your life with your cycle. So there's a section on the calendar where you put in what phase of your cycle that you are in on any given dates. And if you don't have your own cycle, I've put the moon phases in there for you so you can work with those. At the bottom, it also has like a guide for you showing you what things to emphasize or to focus on during each phase to help you to plan your life around the phases of your cycle and get the most out of each phase. So, yeah, check it out. Free for you to download, and I'd love to know if you find that helpful. I think it's pretty great. It's how I plan my life, and I think think you'll find it great too. Now, I do want to acknowledge the traditional owners, the traditional custodians of the land where I live and work, and this week is NADOC week. So NADOC week is usually held in July, but it was pushed back because of the pandemic, pushed back to November. And when this episode is released, we will be just past halfway through NADOC week. So still time for you to jump on board. NAIDOC Week is all about celebrating the history, the culture and achievements of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples. Every year it has a theme and this year's theme is Always Was, Always Will Be. So, I highly recommend that you go check out nadoc.org.au, the nadoc website. So it's N A I D O C.org.au, and you'll find lots of information and also heaps of events, things that are going on this week that you can get involved in. And one of the silver linings of us being in a pandemic is that while the dates have been pushed back to November this year, a lot of the different events and workshops and things are happening online. So you can, attend things all over the country this week. So definitely check it out. And don't wait because by the time you're listening to this, if you're listening to it right on the day it drops, we will be halfway through NADOC week already. I'm just going to read you a couple of things from the NADOC website. I love this. It says, This country was crisscrossed by generations of brilliant nations. Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people were Australia's first explorers, first navigators, first engineers, first farmers, first botanists, first scientists, first diplomats, first astronomers, and first artists. Isn't that amazing to think of that? A little bit further down, it says, the very first footprints on this continent were those belonging to First Nations peoples. And then it says, NAIDOC 2020 invites all Australians to embrace the true history of this country, a history which dates back thousands of generations. It's about seeing, hearing, and learning the First Nations 65,000-plus year history of this country, which is Australian history. We want all Australians to celebrate that we have the oldest continuing cultures on the planet and to recognise that our sovereignty was never ceded, always was, always will be. So yeah, check it out. Let's dive in. Let's learn something. Let's celebrate this amazing history and this amazing culture. So today, let us get on into the luteal phase or what I call the turning in phase. You might think of it as the autumn season of your menstrual cycle. It's the longest phase that we have. So it can go from 10 to about 14 days and it occurs after ovulation. So if you have a 28 day cycle, then your luteal phase would be around about day 17 to day 28 of your cycle. It correlates with the waning moon phase, so the time when the moon is going from brightness to darkness. And as I've referred to in previous episodes, I feel like the moon just gives us these beautiful clues. It looks like it's kind of been shining bright and it's starting to dim that down. And that's what this phase really invites us to do. I reckon this is actually my favourite phase. Can I say that? I think that's partly because it is really misunderstood. This phase, because it has the premenstrual aspect, it is kind of given a pretty bad rap. It's known for being the time when we might experience cramps or headaches some of the more unpleasant physical sides of the menstrual cycle. And it's also known for being the time when women get emotional and irrational and judgmental. And, you know, it's that classic stereotype of the, the bitch coming out during this time. I remember as a teenager, so many times, like I'd be having a fight with my mum and then my mum would say, you must be about to get your period. And I'd say, no, I'm not. And then- Maybe the next day I'd get my period and I'd be like, ah, damn it. (laughs) So that's the kind of common understanding of this phase. But there's heaps more to it and we're going to go into it today. And I hope that you will start to maybe see some of the amazing opportunities in this time. So let's talk about what's going on hormonally in the luteal phase. Last time when we were talking about ovulation, got to the point where the follicles in the ovaries had been stimulated, so they were growing, growing, growing. And then the point of ovulation is where one follicle releases the egg and that egg starts its path down the fallopian tube. Now the ovary, where that follicle had been stimulated, the one that was stimulated to the point that it released the egg, it now starts doing something that I think is awesome. It's almost like it becomes a crater in the ovary that is left after the egg is released. So the follicle has actually got close to two centimetres across by this point. And then what it does is it starts to release progesterone. So progesterone starts to rise in our system. And the point of progesterone, the function of it is to hold the endometrium, the uterine lining in place. So basically it sends off the egg, which is heading towards that endometrium, the uterine lining. And now it's like, okay, we need to keep the uterine lining in place. And so it starts pumping out this progesterone, which does that, which is just cool. Now, if conception occurs, then our progesterone levels are going to stay high to keep that endometrium in place because that's where the embryo is going to embed. But If there's no conception, then towards the end of the cycle, our progesterone levels are going to drop and then the uterine lining is going to shed and that's our menstrual phase. So we're going to talk about that in the next episode. Another thing that's going on in this time hormonally is that our estrogen levels decline. So they start to drop right after ovulation and then drop rapidly. So your serotonin also drops in this time, hence why you maybe don't feel as bright and chirpy a mood as in previous phases. And the balance of estrogen and progesterone here is really important. So estrogen has really dominated the first half of the cycle your follicular phase and ovulation phase. And then now oestrogen needs to drop and progesterone needs to go up and that's kind of the right balance that you want. And then towards the end of the phase, if you're not pregnant, they're both going to drop down. It's really about the levels and the balance of your estrogen and progesterone and their relation to each other. So where for the first two phases of the cycle, the follicular phase and the ovulation phase, estrogen has been dominant. In this phase, progesterone needs to take over. But PMS is usually the result of excess estrogen during this phase or an unbalanced ratio of estrogen to progesterone. So that's what's going on for us hormonally during this time. But what does this phase actually feel like? It tends to have a sense of dropping energy and perhaps also some dropping enthusiasm Where the follicular phase and the ovulation phase are the springtime and summer emerging and brightening and connecting outward, this has more of a sense of starting to turn inward, hence why I call it the turning in phase. So you might notice that, yeah, your energy is dropping a little bit, that you're not feeling as much like you actually want to get out there and meet new people, make new connections, do new things. And it's not like a switch just gets flipped and suddenly all your energy is gone and suddenly you don't want to socialise anymore. But it's something that happens gradually as your hormones shift. So I find it really fascinating. I have become really aware of that point where I kind of shift from being outward focused in my ovulation phase to just subtly starting to turn in. And it's not really huge. It's not like, yeah, one day I want to hang out with friends. I want to hit the parties. I want to do all the things. And then suddenly, no, I don't want to do any of it. Often I'll notice it almost like I want to still be around people, but maybe just like one friend rather than a group of people. I still want to do some things, but not feeling as much like getting out there and doing something really high energy. Maybe I feel more like going for a walk than a run, more like doing a yoga class or a Pilates class rather than going dancing. And sometimes I'll notice that shift happening quite soon after ovulation. And other times it will be quite a bit later in the phase and much closer to my menstruation. Yeah, really interesting just to notice. This phase is also pretty well known for being the time when you just crave all the food. And there's actually some science behind that. Progesterone actually has a higher demand for calories and our metabolism is actually increased. It's like your brain is actually wired during this time for cravings. So you might find yourself wanting to eat more and particularly going after some of those foods that you might typically crave like chocolate. It's also been said that that can be indicated an actual craving for magnesium. Might be worth seeking out some magnesium supplements during this time. That can even help with premenstrual headaches. So, really good time to eat root vegetables some complex carbohydrates because there is that extra demand but you also want to support your body in a way that is helpful rather than kind of sending your body on blood sugar roller coaster <laughs> another thing about this time is that anxiety can increase so during this phase our amygdala which is the reptilian part of the brain that responds to threat and sends us into a fight or flight mode it's more easily triggered during this time so once again if you find yourself quickly moving into a state of anxiety then it makes sense it's part of this phase and so once you become aware of that then you can start to support yourself better during these times So it might be that you take particular care not to put yourself in stressful situations during this phase knowing that it's easier for you to really become overwhelmed with stress during this time or you might just make sure that you bring into your life some practices that support you to keep your stress levels low. So if you can't avoid stressful situations, then you can make sure that you're doing some meditation, that you're doing some calming yoga, and that you're not doing things that increase your anxiety, like having lots of caffeine or doing really high-intensity exercise. So, as I mentioned before, this phase has that stereotype of the overly emotional PMSing bitch. And I think that that stereotype. Is incredibly unhelpful. Honestly, it serves the patriarchal system because it writes us off for half of our life throughout our menstruating years. So, our luteal phase, the premenstrual phase, is 14 days out of 28 days, approximately. So, if we are considered to be irrational and emotional and unable to see things clearly and unable to make a valid contribution, then That basically means that for half of our life throughout our menstruating years, we have nothing to contribute and that certainly serves the patriarchy and it doesn't serve us. And meanwhile, we miss the opportunity of the amazing insights and power that we have in this particular phase How often have you done this where you say, oh, I was so upset last night and I was thinking about what I can't stand in my relationship. And then today I woke up, I got my period and I was like, oh, phew, it was just PMS. I get that. There's something to that. But there is a certain perspective, a valid perspective and a unique perspective that happens during the luteal phase. Because of our hormonal makeup during this time, our brain is more switched on to hone in on what's wrong with a situation, what's not quite right in a relationship, what's not quite working in our life. So this is actually a great time to notice what's bothering you, to notice what isn't working for you, to notice the issues that are going on in your friendships or your intimate relationships and to pay attention In your follicular phase and in your ovulation phase, you're going to be feeling like, I love everybody and everything feels good and I feel optimistic and positive about everything. But that is balanced during this phase with the ability to be critical, to think about things in terms of what's not quite right, what needs a little tweak, what needs a massive change. And our capacity to think in that way during this time I reckon, is a superpower. It's something that we should cherish. We should understand what's happening, know that, yes, my powers of criticism are particularly high right now. And so we understand that in its context and we can work with it skillfully. So let's take a look at different areas of life and how this might show up for you. In your relationships, your social life, whether that's just friends, family, intimate relationships, you may notice that during this phase, you become more easily irritated by people. It might be that conflict comes up more frequently. You might even notice that the same conflict comes up once a month, every time in this phase. If you do have ongoing conflict or ongoing issues in a friendship or relationship, that you feel like, oh, we never seem to get past this. Why don't you just start to pay attention and just see if it is during the luteal phase, your premenstrual phase, that those issues seem to surface. It might be that the issues are there all month long, but you're just not really wired to see them. You're not as honed in on them as you are in this time. So by understanding that this is a time when I'm actually really good at seeing what's not going so well, then you can consider that issue with more perspective. Same deal in the workplace. Your brain chemistry supports critical thinking and attention to detail during this time. And so in your work or in your study, you are great at going, what's not quite working here? How have we been approaching this project wrong? what needs to change? What do we need to get rid of? What do we need to bring in? If you are always in your follicular or ovulation phase and always feeling optimistic and positive, you could be doing things over and over and they're not working, but you never have the ability to really see what's going wrong. So it's a gift, this phase, the luteal phase, where you can zero in on what isn't working and think through, well, what are we going to do about that? What changes might we make? Even if you step back a little bit from your work and think about kind of your life more broadly, it's a time where you might find the question coming up for you, am I where I want to be? am I satisfied with my life as it is right now? Asking some of those big questions and perhaps getting some really great insights into what you would like to see changed. You know, it was actually the luteal phase that was my first kind of entrance into seeing I seem to operate in a cyclical manner. So I was writing in my journal one day, not too long after opening my business, Eve, and I was feeling really worried. I was stressed that we weren't going to be able to pay the rent, basically that the business wasn't going to survive. And as I was writing it down, I was like, hmm, I think I've written this before. So I flicked back through the pages and I found pretty much a exact replica of my journal entry of me saying, ah, I'm stressed. I don't know if we'll be able to pay the rent. I don't know if this business is going to survive. And when I looked at the date, I was like, huh, that's like exactly a month ago. And then I looked back and I noticed that exactly a month before that, I also was writing some stressful journal entries. At that point, I actually didn't put it together with being related to my menstrual cycle at all. But what I did get from that was, wow, this thing comes and it goes. Just that awareness that I seem to be cyclical was really freeing for me. And it meant that the next month, as I found myself starting to feel stressed about money and whether the business would survive, I was like, ah, hey, I know you. I know this feeling. It's your time. Yeah. Now I'm going to have that little stress for this time. And then it's going to go. And that perspective on it was incredibly freeing. More and more, then, as I was able to put it together and understand, ah, oh, there's something going on hormonally that's causing that. So, let me share how I approach this phase. I will commit to paying attention, writing down that critical take that I have on anything in my life. And I will also commit to not doing anything about it during this phase, because during this phase, we're actually not great with the communication. And so it's really awesome, I've found, to write it all down, let myself feel it completely, think it really strongly, and just choose to sit with it. And to revisit it later on in my menstrual phase and then moving into the follicular phase and just to see what those phases will bring in terms of balancing perspective. Of course, that's not always going to be the case. Sometimes you just need to bring the thing up right when it's happening. But I have found it immensely helpful to pay attention to the things that I am thinking and feeling during this time and just to kind of let them breathe a little bit. And then if I want to act on them, I'll wait until at least the next follicular phase, ovulation phase, before I go ahead and do that. And I have to say, I am so fortunate that at EVE, in my business, in the workplace that I'm in, I'm surrounded by women who have this awareness. This is just part of our day-to-day conversation and the way that we relate to each other. For example, there have been multiple times when we've been talking or having a conversation through text message. And you could feel that there's getting a bit of extra emotion, a little bit of extra heat to it. And then one of us will just ask, hey, what day are you on? And the other one will reply, "Uh, let's say day 25. Uh, I'm day 26. Shall we chat in a couple of weeks? Yeah. (laughs) So it's knowing that we're both in that phase, in our premenstrual phase. And we're both seeing things in a particular way that is really awesome, really helpful, but perhaps not communicating at our best. And so it's not like, oh, you're in your premenstrual phase. You're a PMSing bitch. It's about going, you know what? Let's both sit with this and talk when we are optimised for talking things through. And I love that. I feel like that has just been an absolute game changer. So other things that I will do in terms of work, this phase is not so much for big picture thinking or new ideas or starting new projects. It's actually a great time for getting into the detail. So obviously there's that critical thinking aspect of it, but also just getting through the little details rather than trying to do anything that's kind of advancing anything forward or doing anything new. I basically just apply this approach of turning inward. And so my exercise will start to shift from the more high energy type movement to things that are more settling, more grounding, more relaxing. And it'll be a real sort of transition across this phase. So you might see for me at the beginning of this phase, I'm still doing some of those higher energy activities, but by the end of the phase, I'm doing really, really gentle yoga, like something that is just super, super chill. As I've said, it's a great time for journaling, just allowing yourself to give full voice to that inner critic, to feel it, to note it, to let it be there, you might get into something creative like painting or music, something that feels really expressive for you. The whole thing with this practice of aligning your life around your cycle rather than just powering on through regardless of what's going on for you is that you follow the cues that your body is giving you. You work with those things. That might look different for you than it does for me, but I really encourage you to explore it. Each time I was in my luteal phase, I would make sure I'd take at least one night during this phase to write angry letters to politicians. So I might write about climate change or I might write about our treatment of asylum seekers or I might write about Aboriginal deaths in custody. And with my friends and family, think, okay, if I have issues with them, this is not the time to bring that up or to talk about it. But when it comes to political activism, I feel like I can go with that part of me that sees what's wrong and is not okay with it and wants to say so. That was another way, I think, of using the power of this phase in a fruitful way. All right. I feel like I could go on and on about this phase, but I'm going to wrap it up. I hope that that has been useful for you. I am so keen to know how you go exploring this further and starting to notice it in your life. So please do track me down and let me know. All right. Looking forward to talking menstruation phase with you on our next episode. I'll chat with you then. Thank you for joining me. Head on over to my website, annicarter.com.au, where you'll find some free resources to support you in your life and leadership. Please make sure that you subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And I would really love your help in spreading the word about Yes You. So if you have friends who you think would enjoy it, please let them know. You could take a minute to write a review saying why you're loving it. And you could screenshot this episode and share it on your social media. Make sure you tag me on Instagram at underscore Annie Carter. Until next time, let me remind you that you, yes, you are awesome. And I'm so glad you're here. Sending you big love and I'll chat to you soon.